Yo. Hello. 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 Hi there. How's Hi. it going? Good. I can't even lie. <laughs> That's a bull-faced lie. <laughs> it is not good. <laughs> I can't lie to you. I can lie to most people. I, I, I do well, you're lying to the liar. world now. No, it's just you and me. Don't make okay. me nervous. Dun, dun, dun. Good morning. Good morning, Lindsay. I thought we, were, we weren't saying good morning anymore. That's like months ago. You've said good morning the last 20 times. I Did know, I steal I your line? Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Now what am I going to say? Good. Hello. Hey. Good day. I don't good know. Day. Good eye. Let's just do it. Good morning. Welcome to the Two Marketeers, everyone. Yes, welcome. Second last recording of season two. Is it? Before we break for summer. So we're yeah, going right? to stop at 19? No, this will be 19. Then we record one more. That's 20, even 20. And we call it a day, right? Right. I think. I think I've always been off by one on the no, episodes. No, you're one behind. Yeah, we go by Apple. Whatever Apple says. <laughs> I have not enough coffee in my two marketeers mug. Uh oh. Do you need to pause? Do you need to go get more? No, because this would be my fourth shot of espresso of the day. Wow. Get ready, folks. Fasten your marketing seatbelts. I'm actually really excited about this topic because I don't have a concrete opinion. And I don't think anyone does, actually. So we're going to talk it's, about we're going to talk about creative effectiveness, um, and it's a thing now. And I, as a freelancer, it's threatening in some ways. First things first. What is creative effectiveness? What is it? Okay, so I don't know. I do. Okay, so why don't I let you talk about it? Okay. I will say this. I do think it's truly serendipitous because it totally talks about all the stuff we've been talking about on the importance of emotional connection right now more than ever. Isn't it? Isn't it? And this is where I don't feel much like a strategist. Uh, it's, it's heavy. It's a playbook. It is a toolkit. It is a, all these things. So what is creative effectiveness in marketing? To de define it so that people understand, the key to measuring creative effectiveness is to look at the extent to which the most effective ads drive sales in the short term and contribute to longer term brand equity. So that's what people use to determine if something is creatively effective. So the way that we kind of break that down is to say, let's use the example of a TV commercial. So you're developing a TV commercial, you're going through the strategic and the creative process of it. There are certain things that you can do to make that piece of creative, that TV commercial, technically more effective than a different piece of creative. And so when they say, what is creative effectiveness? It is driving short-term sales and contributing to long-term brand equity. She's pretending she's not reading. I read that one sentence. It's true though. It was good. I'm not here to technically define anything for anyone. That's what the technical definition of defining creative effectiveness is. Yeah. So yes, 
And it, what's what's great about it, it's a new thing, right? They say 2019. Not a new thing. The latter is a new thing and all the buzz around measurement of creative effectiveness as a sort of metric. I think that, so the latter thing that you're going to get into, uh, which is fascinating and incredible, um, is that specific thing is a new thing. But as a strategist in over the last 10 years, I think uh, I've constantly been asked or been being asked and I'm still asked today, how, how do we make sure that this creative is more effective? So that has been a question that people have been asking and talking about for a very long time. And as different kind of technologies and platforms and creative ideas and different things have rolled out, there's always kind of different best practices and things that you can implement to make creative more effective. But now I think they are kind of taking it up to an even higher strategic level, which is what you brought forward. And I'm excited for you to share with everyone today. So I have a question. Sure. When you say you've been challenged with that question, you know, how do we Mm -hmm. make this creative more effective? Mm -hmm. Is it because there's existing performance of existing creative where the challenge is we're measuring and it's not delivering on what we hoped? No. Okay. It's typically in the upfront development of creative. That's when I'm usually asked that question. So the scenario is you're writing a brief as a strategist for a creative team in an agency environment where you're saying, here's the ask, what we need to do for this campaign. And then within that brief, it could be, or within that scenario, it's actually one of two things where you're proactively going and saying, based on this campaign, and the media that we're using and the different types of things that we're going to be creating. Is it TV? Is it video for Facebook? Whatever it is. Are there certain guiding principles that we can use to make those pieces of creative more effective? And then on the other side of it, it would be like, okay, we have these three ideas that we think are really great creatively. Are there things we can do to massage the ideas to make them more effective ideas so that they're not just fun and funny or emotional and whatever? Are there different kinds of things that we can do to tweak creative slightly that would help make it more effective from a strategy perspective? So is it fair to assume that within this practice, there is a strategy in place? So they know that they're trying to build brand or they know that they're trying to spike sales or they know they're trying to build over time. Yes. Lindsay's nodding. Okay. You got it. So there's a strategy in place. Yeah. That's, that's a big piece right there. Right. So that the strategy has been submitted. There's alignment on the strategy. Creative ideation happens. And when those ideas are put forth and selected, so they're like, yeah, we think it's good. It's now, how do we make sure it will drive performance towards our strategy? Mm-hmm. Or help, yeah, help get, get us to our objectives or land our goals effectively. Okay. And some of it, when you said like, is it about current creative that might be in market already or something that maybe isn't performing or that we're trying to like adjust as we go? Mm -hmm. Um, That's where in like the most of the scenarios I'm in, it's usually after the fact. So it would be like, well, what worked well last year? And are there any insights around that creative that we could bring into this year? It's not usually like mid campaign where it's like, let's tweak where the tagline goes. Like that wouldn't really be that which is exactly the behavior that is the problem 
I'll get into that whole sort of creative commitment, they call it, right? With, yeah. In context. So it's like. That's fascinating. Yeah. So what's fascinating to me, and this is really helpful to me because I don't have the same sort of scenarios that you do because you're upfront, big agency, you have data, hopefully on a good day. <laughs> and you're really, as a strategist, you're trying to optimize based on data. You're trying to optimize based on existing strategy. Yeah. So that's why you're so damn excited. To someone like me who often, you know, has smaller kind of projects or smaller clients or have uh, projects for big clients that are f much farther down the feed, the food chain. Right. And it's kind of like, I could see people going like, well, you know, the creative isn't performing. That's why I asked you that question, you know, creative's not performing. Oh. How do we make sure? And it's that idea of it is a, it is just like human centered design. It is, it is a, it is a school of thought. Right. And it's kind of saying mm -hmm. now that we can get all this data, let's create a practice because the way they kind of put this whole creative effectiveness ladder, that is the foundation of, let's say, works and Lions mm -hmm. uh, Awards. They're the ones who kind of created that aspect. But what I learned very quickly is, you know, any company that award that does marketing effectiveness awards has their own sort of terminology. So it really opens my eyes when you say, oh, this is not new. Um, yeah. Well, that's really helpful. And what I learned was, because it was just overwhelming for me, because I'm like, what's this creative effectiveness? Creative effectiveness was like, you do your best, right? Like if, if, you, if you're informed by strategy, which you rarely, which I rarely have the luxury, usually I, that's why I became a strategist. Uh, yeah, was, in the absence of, you're like, absence someone's got to do this job. Someone's got to get this gig. In the absence of any of the aforementioned uh, criteria, um, <laughs> you still need creative effectiveness. So, so it, it's a good. It's going to be a good conversation because I, I was really coming at it as I like this thing that Work came up with, which is their mm -hmm. creative effectiveness ladder. It really, it, you know, give it a little history. I think they kicked it off in 2019, but it's a. It happened in 2020. I'm look. I'm going to look at my notes, but they're digital now. Lindsay, oh. um, the ladder. I like your phone case. <laughs> it was mine broke, so Simone had one she never used. I'm like, I'm okay with that. I like pink. I'm fine with pink. In 2020, marketing experts James Herman and Peter Field, on behalf of the Can Lions, I you might want to stop just because we can see part of your credit card number. <laughs> <laughs> Does that matter to you? Does it matter? Go ahead. I could use a call. Uh, um, you can start again. Maybe just take your credit card out of the back of your phone. <laughs> Shopping spree. I got to go. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Go ahead, Sean. Could you say that again more slowly? <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So this creative effectiveness ladder creative effectiveness is something that work has been known to create awards around and they really we found some early stuff when COVID first happened where they were really understanding new ways of effectiveness, new ways of measurement. And mm -hmm. essentially in 2020, these two experts, James Herman and Peter Field, worked with Ken Lyons and Wark to develop a framework on assessing how you measure creative effectiveness so that you can award creative effectiveness. So it was an right. interesting sort of, okay, listen to me. I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm just making it up. Um, they created this <laughs> ladder and it's, it's really interesting. It's about, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're all specific 
drivers of success based on what marketing is to do in a particular circumstance. And on a timeline, which I loved. Did you see that? It was yeah. like this, zero to three months, this three to six months. And I was like, thank you. It really helps people understand how creative effectiveness is not only like a one month initiative. And what I kind of realized, took me a while, I did a lot of homework. Uh, maybe that's why I'm in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> they, they looked at award winners over, I think it was like since 2011 or 2010. So they had a very rich or robust amount of data to see what might've been gut based, you know, like, or performance based, but that's not necessarily what the goal was because the, the, the we weren't there yet. Right. What's great about this is it's based on awarded global campaigns. Mm-hmm each level there are six have very specific measures that says how you measure the effectiveness going into it is to do things like i'll say it's the boring stuff it's the stuff that really gets lindsay going but it's like really it's my favorite <laughs> it's really scientific about can i do the six of what the six are and then we'll just yeah. talk about them yeah tell people about what this is so it's basically a six stage ladder that identifies what the goal or objectives would be for a campaign. And as you go up the ladder, the way I'd put it is the value increases. The higher on the ladder that you meet performance, the higher marketing has created value. Yeah, the things at the top of the ladder are higher value than those at the bottom. Right, like is your brand, uh, what they say is, is it an enduring icon? you know, and how did you get there? And it's not based on a three month campaign. It's actually, that's measured over three years. So also as you go up the ladder, there's longer timelines of, you can't measure this in three months, this you can. And what's important about each of these six levels is it's how you use creativity to boost their performance. That turns art to science. I knew she's nodding. Strategy. Lindsay and I are always talking about she's the science on the art. It's why we work so, so now well. Now I think we're both. I think we're both both. Yes. Absolutely. That's the beauty of it is we each come from and stand very clearly on one side of the line that respectfully says, you know, would you mind if I step over? And you say, mm -hmm. Of course. Please. We both do it and we both fill those gaps, which is what true collaboration is about, right? So you have to be really good at one thing. And once you're good at that thing, you need to know that you impart in others the ability to be creative in your way and vice right. versa. So number one on the creative effectiveness ladder is influential ideas. Influential ideas uses creativity to maximize engagement and sharing, resulting in the work overachieving on metrics and media efficiency. So that's just like, that's marketing 101, right? Mm -hmm. What were the measures, Did, you know, typical measures in any kind of creative campaign would be engagement, sharing, especially now with social media. And those are the kind of things you would have set in place as an agency, but even, as, you know, the, some of the small work we do, and they can be very basic, but they need to know that their investment has performance numbers to validate how it's done. Mm-hmm. The kind of things that you capitalize on to really boost that. So when Lindsay is asked the question, 
is this creative going to perform to its greatest ability? Typically, and based on their research, they found that capitalizing on a major moment, taking the side of the consumer, and fighting against injustice are all successful strategies to unlock culture. <laughs> culture first. <laughs> I mean, that's just what we try and do, right? We, yeah. That's the understanding where there's a tension, a cultural tension, and making that connection mm-hmm. that's emotional. Yeah. And I think one of the, like the big things that are kind of in combination, I think with creative effectiveness are those things like, is it distinctive or does it draw attention? So like in the moment, like you say, if it's an injustice, perhaps that aligns with your brand that you're leaning into for sure. And then the combination of the branding or the role of the brand, right? So it's like, I think a lot of those kind of influential ideas can be like bandwagon things just because yes. that's kind of the lowest hanging fruit of people are like, oh, that's going to be influential because this is what people are talking about. Um, the magic is where it aligns uh, really heavily to the brand and that combination is is taking place. And But particularly based on conversations we've had over the last few months is that's why journey mapping is very crucial to this point because that's how you discover what they're feeling. And I'll say, I should mm-hmm. say mapping in general, right? Empathy right. mapping, journey mapping, but you have to get into their headspace and their journey to understand what are they feeling and how do you identify that? That injustice could be a razor blade that doesn't, you know. That costs a zillion dollars. We say injustice, <laughs> but it's it's that idea, same thing. It's a scale of emotions that can be as, you know, impactful as the, uh, what is it called? Uh, clean your feed, detox your feed from mm. the Dove episode last week to something as simple as think of Viagra, right? Think of that great commercial where Yikes. it's touching into a point of, you know, everything's good, but it's not because there's one thing you have a problem with and look what could happen if you overcame that problem. And, mm. you know, it was the, the whistling guy dancing all over the place. So it's it's at any level, humor is definitely a, an impactful way but it's this is the way to make sure when based on the mapping or what we know or the profiles, whatever it is we've done, the mindset now more than ever, do we all agree that this is the way to get them? Mm-hmm. You're asked it at the get-go once there's a strategy and once there are some ideas that now it's like, okay, so how do we pick the right idea? Right. Which in my history has been it's totally at the mercy of the client. Right. You have three ideas. Mm. And we used to literally say from a design standpoint, they'll pick the one we hate the most. (laughs) That was just a fun designer game. And it's that idea that that's going away. If you can do this right. Well, I think like the confusion as to what's good is higher than ever because there's so many channels. There are so many moments. Mm. There's a lot of heavy things going on culturally. There's a lot of, you know, differences between younger generations and older generation. Like there's so many elements now that clients don't feel as comfortable as they did 20 years ago going with their gut. So that's where a lot of it comes from to say, maybe we're working with very seasoned marketers and presenting to CMOs and they get it and they've been around the block and they know what good creative looks like. But there's so many other factors influencing their decisions now that they're like, I need some help and I need some guidance. And so can we bring a strategy layer to it to say this idea may be more effective than this idea for these reasons? Yeah, well, you'll love this. Within this this particular practice, 
they also established a measure known as creative commitment. Mm-hmm. And that incorporates things like the budget, the duration, and what media channels um, a campaign is provided, right? The greater the spend, length, and number of media channels used, the greater the creative commitment. And what happens when you work on a great campaign for a marketing client is they move on and then you get the next person. Then it talks about why that's so important, that creative commitment is Mm -hmm. there's been a declining creative commitment. Although this research is conclusions of the link between improved creative commitment and higher levels of effectiveness are clear, creative commitment within the industry has been in decline since 2014. Mm -hmm. May I hop on a soapbox for a quick second? Absolutely. Are you by yourself? Are you under it? You're not going to hide under it for 10 years like the QR code, are you? No, that soapbox makes me so mad. Okay. Still have it in the garage. This is where it gets confusing because when you think creative effectiveness, you think, how can we make the creative so good that it's more effective? When you talk about creative commitment, the main takeaway is how much money can I throw at it to make it more effective? And those are two separate sides of the same conversation. So we know from a media channel longevity ad spend, Yes. The more money you spend, the longer something's in market because people see it multiple, multiple, multiple times. That leads to like recall in your brain. It's like spend, spend levels, increase frequency of creative. So that means Mm. how many times you're seeing it. The amount that you see it drills the brand and the creative into your brain which when you measure it later on to say, do people remember that ad? Did they choose that brand because of that ad? Did they spend more money with that brand because of the campaigns they've seen? Those measures over time lead that creative to be more effective. And so spend and frequency are different than idea design which exactly. I'm curious about your perspective on as well, because you have such uh, experience in designing ideas. And so those like from a strategy perspective, it's two different lenses where in the upfront of an idea, you would say, how can we design this idea better to make it more effective? And then on the other side of the idea, when you get into channel planning and platforms and where it should go and how much should we spend on Facebook versus Google ads versus this and that, the amount of money and how long something is in market also is what makes it more effective. So that's where it becomes kind of a controversial thing to me because just because certain brands can spend more money doesn't necessarily mean the idea is more effective. It just has all these other elements in play, like people seeing it more often for a longer period of time. So is it actually a more effective creative idea or not? Yeah. Yeah, it's a loaded question. Okay. So when you're asked the question, how do we do this? We come from a history where it has always been as objective of a question as we think it can be. It becomes totally subjective. And it's going to be really hard for people to not load things like that with opinion. 
because mm-hmm. we all want to think ourselves creative in what is called what is assumed is the cre- is the only creative aspect of a campaign. Mm-hmm. That it's you know where is that line drawn? Where does creative stop? And I think that's what I'm starting to figure out here is it takes a culture that understands that everyone the challenge is for it's just like human centered design it's like create it's like design thinking everyone is creative based on what they bring to the table so creativity applies to the spend to the investment i'd rather i'd rather say Oof, just drop my coffee um oh, creativity is is it when they say more time more media channels people don't attribute that's just oh spend you want me to spend more i get it it's like no actually we want you to invest in the creativity to all of these aspects so you have the creative of the campaign itself you have the how you do creatively set measures and play around with media and play around with with investment in a way that is creative because all creative is is understanding a problem and a challenge and thinking of applying some old ways but thinking of new ways to use what you know and as you apply those new ways measuring whether these creative ways of media plan or creative ways of measurement and that's where I kind of went, okay, there's about four people in the world I think can use this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's such a complex conversation. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I could, I could, I'll go through a scenario. Okay. It's about five years ago and, you know, we don't know each other and you're the lead strategist and I come in and I'm the lead creative and someone asks you the question that you first posed, I would go, why are you asking a strategist? Like how we make this creative more effective? Is that the question? Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be like, this This is the bigger problem is as long as you believe creative lives with it, like even the fact that it's called creative effectiveness, it's mm-hmm. correct, but you can't ignore how creative has been perceived in the industry and continues to be no more so by creatives Mm -hmm. right because i hate being the creative lead who then gets performance numbers and is asked the same question right you have to become defensive and it's that idea of all the pressure of the brilliant ideas and, and and that sort of thing it's just like I think what I'm looking at this for, and it works very well with some client work I've done in, in healthcare, where it's this whole, what they're calling operational transformation, which is about change the groups, change the silos. Why is marketing, sales, customer service, why are all these silos? So it's just a like, wow, I would mm-hmm. love, I would love to take this creative effectiveness because they have toolkits and build an agency from scratch where it's like, wow, imagine how this, if this, this has to start culturally, just like design thinking, and it marries very well with it is we are all here to understand the best way to provide what we provide to the customer. That is why we're all here. Well, that's not exactly an agency scenario, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what you're saying too, is like creative effectiveness is everyone's job. It's as much 
a media agency's job as it is a creative's job. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think back in the day, it, a lot of creatives might have been like, pause off my job. But now I feel like a lot of creatives are so open to partnership to say like, how do we make this more effective? Like we're all looking at the landscape and budgets and platforms and like, what do we do? Because they're, and like you say, they don't want to be asked the question at the end of the day of why didn't this creative break through when they may, may not be the only one uh, responsible for the answer to that question. Do you think? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, is you tell me, are you, are you encountering that, right? Like at the, at the higher up on the food chain, are you encountering that sort of culture? And I've got to believe if they're asking you that question, that is, how do we make sure we do this? You are encountering it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If I asked you to like percentage of the work that you get to do that versus a percentage of the work that's like, fix this problem. <laughs> uh I mean, I'm probably asked the question 25% of the time by progressive okay. marketers, but I would say that I have had to answer that question and defend strategy for so long that now it's a proactive choice to bring it forward first. Because um, unfortunately, a lot of media agencies too, I find are in kind of a rinse and repeat relationship with clients where they're like, well, we spent this last year. And so we'll do this this year and all that kind of stuff to say, would they be able to deliver better results as well? And so I think it's just nice to be able to bring some of that thinking forward proactively. I think people appreciate it. So that's what you do though. You bring your yeah. thinking forward proactively. Right. Okay. But you, you, you feel there's a safe space when you do that. So that's good. I mean, I kind of, this is going to be a bad thing to say. I kind of don't care if it's a safe space or not, because I feel that I need to defend the answer to the question before I'm asked. That's just because you, know? you have integrity. <laughs> That's integrity. It's my responsibility to myself. If I'm going to continue to be as, as that is where you're hopefully good at my job, yeah. that's what I feel I have to do. Yeah. It's that yeah. idea of P&G's uh, integrity value where we always try and do the right thing. Right. Interesting. Okay, well, that was that was awesome. Um, and we only touched on the first one, but I think I could quickly go through it. I'm not going to go yeah. through it like um, okay. the second. So first, we talk about influential idea. Um, then we have behavior breakthroughs. And this is when I really started getting interested. Uh, they use creativity to change the purchase behavior of customers, or to change other forms of behavior relevant to the success of the brand. That you know, that's a big challenge, especially in B2B. Mm -hmm. B2B is just off the charts right now. But that's where I encounter because I get to work with some of the users. I get to work with some of the intended buyers, that sort of thing. You see resistance and you understand. And the things that are barriers are not something that the technology, which often what my client is, it's not something that the technology will solve right? So it's behavioral. It is once again, how do you touch that thing that is the barrier that we don't understand because it's emotion based? And how and that's what I'd say your standard consumer marketing does very well when done right. You have to understand the behavior, you have to understand what fuels that behavior. And you have to understand what those barriers are. Mm -hmm. And you might not like to hear them because they may go beyond what's easy. You can't right. just tell them to do 
what they're not doing. You have to do it in a very careful way. So it was really, really interesting. And I love that one. Um, but wait, that's yeah. also my favorite. <laughs> Clearly. I feel like the behavior breakthrough one is like influential idea for sure. There's layers of strategy to that. Yeah. But behavior change is the one where it's like, what are we trying to get them to do? And when I first started in strategy jobs or roles and partnering with creative, they would be, they would themselves be asked, well, what are we trying to get people to do? And they'd be like, uh, do you know what we're trying to get people to do? <laughs> I'd be like, I do know what we're trying Ooh. to get people to do. It's like, you need to study the behavior in advance and figure out the two from like, from this thing to this thing. Like, what are we trying to get that shift to take place? And how do we actually measure that they did shift behavior? Ooh. That's the biggest one where a strategy really starts to come into play for me along this ladder. And then it just increases from there. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, sales spikes. So that's next number three, sales spikes. Use creativity to create short-term temporary growth in sales, market share, profitability for a brand. Again, that could be a business need, right? Mm -hmm. But notice that's not number one. No. Right? Well, it's that, it's that thing about uh, the three levels of marketing value, as I've used this for years, it's not mine, but the base is campaign-based, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it gives you the lowest level of return. So it's so funny how everyone just loves that, but it doesn't give you great return on your investment. Yeah. Um, but the marketing, as we talked about, we love to award ourselves. Um, <laughs> then there's sales enablement is the next level where marketing provides more value is it is literally about driving sales and you can measure that. So that's mm -hmm. where that is a level higher. And then the highest value contribution or creation of value from marketing is um creating value where marketing mm. actually boosts the value and on its own. So that's where I like sales spikes. Cause it's like, well, again, and that would be quite common. So they just talk about success strategies include big tactics to achieve large results in building creative sales promotions, right? It's very promotion based. It could be experiential. They talk about experiential. It boosts sales for specific times and the return on investment can be quite high. And Again, mm -hmm. spike though, not sustained. Then you've got brand builders, right? So they use creativity to improve the fundamental measures of brand health. I'm guessing that's your second favorite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you guess correctly. Tapping into existing brand strengths and championing the consumer to solidify a bond with the brand are successful strategies to do this. Which happens six months plus, right? That's what they say. Six months plus. Right. Yes. You feel free to jump in on any of the timeframes because it's like, this is something you don't measure brand building in three months. Yeah. Or a six week campaign on Facebook is not going to be where you're measuring the, the equity of your brand growing over time. And, and it's six months, but correct me if I'm wrong, you don't go in it with a six month plan. You go in it saying, you know, three months in, we have a baseline. Six months, you start to see how we can improve it and you don't stop there. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. as you, you'll see now, it's that idea of the creative commitment. Longevity. Longevity. You got it. And, and, you know, the term I hate is spend. If you look at this as an investment, so their whole purpose for doing this is about understanding investment. Um, you'll love this. The decline of creative commitment, right? Mm -hmm. This can be attributed to the increased adoption of smaller budgets, smaller duration campaigns, mainly of which are focused predominantly on online social media platforms. Mm -hmm. 
And people wonder why they're not seeing long-term impact. Yeah. And it could drive short-term, but that's part of the problem. Additionally, too often brands switch direction at the drop of a hat. (laughs) I can't even start with this. I cannot. Marketing directors leave. Brands get bored or try to be too clever, too reactive. But this doesn't allow for the necessary time or dedication needed for campaigns to truly make a lasting impact. Thank you, sweet baby Jesus. Exactly. If marketers are constantly looking for quick hits or rapid return on investment, which I think is a spend, there is no opportunity to grow or to commit to a long-term brand strategy. Booyah. If you take anything away from this episode, let it be that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes on to, it talks about commercial triumphs, which is like level five, use creativity to profitably increase sales and market share beyond a single quarter or beyond duration of the campaign. So it's like longevity, like you said, even after the campaign. So you might say the campaign's in market for this amount of time. What happens when we take it off and what do we come back with? So really Mm -hmm. interesting stuff. Um, And then the enduring icons, that's number six, right? It's the Mecca. Use creativity to drive brand and sales growth consistently over a long period of three years or more. Mm -hmm. Three years or more. And who's ever a brand, who's ever a marketing director for more than three years on one product? I'm sorry. Right, right. (laughs) Um, They stick with the same creative strategy or creative work throughout that period, creating sustained commercial outcomes. Finding a genuinely enduring insight and committing to the long-term upfront. Exactly. I want to use an example that has popped up in my inbox so many times, and I think recently it was the 10-year anniversary. It's the Snickers, which is absolutely the Snickers campaign. You're not you when you're hungry. And what they have done with it is the case study of this before this was even in place. Right. Right. Yes. And the longevity is that it'll never get tired. I mean, my favorite was always Betty White. And, you know, so basically the main character is some, is a celebrity known for a particular character, typically curmudgeonly. And since 2003, <laughs> I think, I could be wrong. I might be making it up. But they've been doing this and they just keep updating it and it never gets tired. And it's just a very basic insight. Mm-hmm. It, they were probably the brand that first coined hangry and they just continue to do some really cool stuff at various levels of the ladder uh they did this hunger rhythm thing that was really pretty cool i think you probably know it and it just keeps going and it's just a freaking chocolate bar yeah but they've made it mean more in people's lives yeah and it's just the same thing Right. And, and the beauty of the creative is it's always going to be of the moment. Right. Right. You just pick particular talent, you pick a particular scenario and you even you target particular uh, demographics or mindsets. It's a beautiful mechanism. And probably one of the best ones ever out there. And you literally hope it never goes away. Right. And that people is what I learned in the last 12 hours. (laughs) And that sums up a very confusing conversation around creative effectiveness. Was it confusing? (laughs) No, it's a confusing topic. I find as I got back into it, 
they're limited definitive answers, but there's definitely, I mean, what work has done is some really great guidance. So it'll be curious to see over the course of the next little while, other things that people say about creative effectiveness, because I don't think anyone's landed on a concrete uh, thing other than this interesting kind of ladder. So definitely worth checking out. Yeah. And I think I'm so glad we talked it out. And I love that you opened this. Like this is, this has been around because I can see it going the wrong way in the wrong mm -hmm. hands, but who cares? Yeah. That's just what change does. Right. Lindsay. Um, mm -hmm. it's exciting. I think it's a real eye opener for brands to understand the value of commitment the value of creative and where creative lies and to take some pressure off creative like create answering that question should not be solely their their contribution like it's effectiveness is everyone's responsibility yeah and if it, it's so liberating because you don't then get measured by the last campaign you did which was always right. the sort of bane of being a, a creative director especially at an agency so it was like you're always measured by the last campaign you did if it's a long five-year journey with a particular brand it solves so much about stick around let's do this together let's learn as we go um, that whole collaboration mm -hmm. episode we talked about this is exactly a perfect marriage of you take design thinking and human-centered design you take collaboration as a culture and you take creative effectiveness as a practice um, it could really change the marketing industry that's a wrap whoop, whoop. great topic sean that was awesome thank you lindsay for your incredible insight and expertise have a wonderful week and to you as per usual and goodbye marketeers we'll talk to you soon bye everyone thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed it New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. Marketeers podcast. This podcast is over. over.